0: Welcome to, Welcome to the, the Crossroads, Crossroads Youth Ministry Podcast. Same time. We said it at the same time. We
1: did really well at that time, actually.
0: Not bad. That is our third take. <laughs> but, you but you would never have know known that, that yeah you just wouldn't have said that. You weren't supposed to know that. Sorry. Uh, fresh take. We, that we got was, it.
1: Uh, actually, that was our first try. yeah Pretty, pretty,
0: pretty impressive. Pretty good. Well, hey, it's Ray and I. Surprise! In case you
1: didn't know that already. Surprise,
0: surprise. <laughs> if we had hoped that we would be uh, having Matt Caldwell with us today because we're going to be recapping Matt Caldwell's testimony from this last Sunday night.
1: Yes, unfortunately, he's a working man, and so he was not able to be with us today, but we get to talk about it, and then we'll get to listen later on in this podcast to what his story is and the way that God was working in his life.
0: That's right. Unfortunate for us that he's a working man, but very fortunate for his family.
1: That is very true. It's Good, good to be a working person.
0: Probably good idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so we're going to, Matt shared his testimony on Sunday night. And just like Ray said, uh, it was a powerful time. It's great to hear this, the way that God has changed people's, uh, you know, brought in, come into people's stories, changed their lives, changed their hearts. Uh, and that was Matt's story. I, I don't know about you, Ray, but I left with one extra question, though. After yeah, this Sunday night, I,
1: I think I might know what it is, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, well, okay, we'll listen for it as we play the testimony. But at one point, Matt says that he prayed for a Danish.
1: Yes, what? that that was my question as well.
0: What's a Danish, first of all?
1: Well, I think it's a French pastry.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's what I, I thought think it too. It's like,
1: frosting I, and it has a filling.
0: Am I crazy?
1: I don't think so. No, yeah. I'm, that's what I heard, too.
0: So maybe I need to eat a Danish, and then I'll understand why people pray yes, f- about them that, and for them.
1: That's probably it. You've just never experienced it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, here is Matt's testimony, and as we listen, I, I just hope that there are points that you connect with and you start to think about what your own story is. So here is our friend Matt Caldwell.
0: I wanted to just uh, introduce Matthew Caldwell. He is... Long been a mentor and friend of mine, and he will be sharing his story tonight, so I just want to go ahead and pray for him. Dear God, uh, please let Matthew's story, or your story that you've worked through his life, really just resonate with the people here, and for them to be able to see how you've really changed his life and made him the man he is today.
2: Thank you. All right. So it's been a minute since I've had an opportunity to speak to a whole group. Here's just, just my guys in the other room. So when you think about so we're talking about testimonies, right? We're talking about specifically at this point, my testimony. How did I come to know Christ? And then furthermore, where did that take me? And what has God done in my life? Which your testimony never stops. So whatever it is your testimony is up to this point. It's only up to this point. Because God is still working in your life, right? Make sense? So, when I was little, I was raised in a Christian home, as a lot of people were, and I had a lot of good influences in my life. And when I was real little, I was raised in Kentucky, way back up in the mountains and the hills. Um, you would not find us. If you did find us, we would probably be on the phone calling our neighbors going, did you see that truck you don't recognize? Do you have your gun ready? Not a joke. That's a reality. So. In fact, my uncle at one point had uh, his shotgun leaning up against the wall, and my cousin, just being curious, wanted to know what the trigger did. He found out. You guys don't understand? It blew a hole in the ceiling. I scared the crap out of him. He was like four years old. But that was where I grew up. And so, what I saw in the church was my grandfather, who was a preacher. As far as I know, probably not that great a preacher. But I was so proud of him because he was a leader in the church and he was up front, right? Because like, he was an up front guy. Had no idea what it meant to be part of the church. I just knew that my grandpa was a preacher, my dad was a preacher, and here I am. The best part of being a Christian at that point in my life was that my grandmother washed all the cups. Because um, they had the little cups like we have here in this church. And so riding home, no seatbelt, in a Jeep with no doors, we would drink all of the leftover Uh, grape juice on the way home and that to me was what Christianity was it was kind of awesome we hung out in this building together and then we drove home up the mountain actually we only got to do that when we go to her house because I literally lived just um, below the church so we would walk to church on Sunday mornings and as a kid I didn't understand a whole lot about what was going on it was about relationships Right? It was about the people that were around me. It had nothing to do with a God or Christ or anything like that. Nice people who were nice to each other, who came in, they would shake your hand, and of course I was little, so it's like, hey, little buddy, how are you doing this week? I'm doing fine. You know, like, that was church. As I got a little bit older and I started to understand that there was a God that they were chasing and that they were after and and that they wanted me to be part of, I have a personality that really struggles with people telling me what to do like a lot, so I just wasn't having it. And it didn't make sense to me, because it seemed like they were telling me one thing but then doing something else. So, for instance, we would go into church and the preacher would get up and and say things, and sometimes it was my dad, and sometimes it was some other folks, and then as soon as church was over, like that's all the God talk we had in us. Like immediately, boom, we're on to the Steelers and who bought a new car in the parking lot. And it drove me insane because we would go out and we would stare at it and be like, that's a new car. I noticed. Yeah, it's brand new. You didn't have this last week. I did not. I bought it this week. Like, this is a good conversation. I'm glad we just did church. Like, it didn't make any sense to me. Or it would be like, hey, the game starts at 1, so I got to get going. And I'd be like, okay, okay. And it didn't make any sense to me. They kept talking about this Jesus. And they kept saying that you have to be part of it. My mom would ask me, she pull me aside and be like, Matt, how do you, how do you, how do you feel about Jesus? And i be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then she would cry. And it was a good time because I don't know was not the answer she was looking for. She was looking for something deep and meaningful, like, Mom, you know, my heart has really been just longing for something. I feel an emptiness. None of that. It was just like, Mom, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to talk about it. And I would, like, leave the room, and then I'd come back, and, like, tears would be running down her face, and I'm like, why is she crying? This is horrible. (laughs) This is no fun at all. But I didn't understand the connection that she had, and she wanted me to have. Like, she saw me as this lost individual who needed Christ, And I didn't see that. And so I just wanted to be left alone and I didn't want to be told what to do. And I'm living with these people in this church that I'm like, I don't even know that you guys believe the things that you're saying. So why would I believe the things that you're saying? Then uh, through a group that I was part of in a homeschoolers group, um, I met a lot of people, including this young lady that I found to be attractive. And she invited me to come to her church. um, And then we are gonna go to Um, a concert, she sent me a videotape, so this ages me a little bit, right? A a videotape of DC Talk's Jesus Freak. You guys know the song? And she said that uh, Christian music could be cool too, and I was (laughs) like, sure it can. I put it in, the music wasn't bad, and I'm like, whatever. So I went to this concert, it was the first concert I'd ever been to, actually, and we saw DC Talk in Pittsburgh. Um, It was a good time, and then I ended up uh, good friends with a gentleman, his name was Jason Harkerud. Um, which is a whole nother story. Interesting enough, he invited me into the church that he was going to, but he really struggled for many years. I went to that church a couple of times, and it was the weirdest thing, because people were like singing full out. Our church, the church that uh, I grew up in, like charismatic was like this scary word. So like if you were swaying side to side while we were singing four part harmonies, it was like, he's getting kind of charismatic in here. Like, slow down. Just relax. And so going to this other church, there were people dancing. And I was like, they're dancing at church. And they would like raise their hands to the Lord. I'm like, they're raising their hands. They were clapping. And I'm like, all right, you guys are just over the top. But they had this, the energy about them. And so I enjoyed hanging out there. Well, eventually I got to the point where I wanted to leave the church that I was a part of and go to this other church because I saw something unique there. I saw something different. At the end of worship, what was so wild to me is that they would sit and there'd be people praying in, in small groups or couples around the church at the end of worship. They would sometimes be there an hour or more after worship, and I'm like, this is nuts. They're not talking about the Steelers or who got a new car. They didn't kind of care about that as number one priority. Now, It wasn't a perfect church, but there were some things that I was starting to see that I hadn't seen before that was starting to pour into me a little bit and that I was struggling with. And I just considered Christians hypocrites, and they just said one thing and didn't do what they said, or they would kind of do it, they would be nice to people, but it wasn't like they were actually doing the things that were talked about in Scripture. They weren't giving up much to be part of God's kingdom, and so it didn't make sense to me. And it turns out I was right. There were hypocrites in the church, bunches of them, all of them. And that's kind of what I didn't understand, is it wasn't about waiting until they were perfect Christians, but rather that God had saved them as not perfect Christians, right? And I wasn't gathering all of that. So I'm with this new church, and this was a new part of my life and a new stage. And I was a homeschooler, and I was about to get my license, um, and I kind of wanted to join this new church. And that's actually when I gave my life to Christ, and I was baptized the day before I turned 16. So I went from really not liking the church to becoming part of it and kind of allowing that in, but I still had sort of this resistance to it. Didn't know exactly what to do with that resistance, but I felt something. It was my first sense of a calling that God was giving to me, right? So I joined the church. My mom said that I could pick two of three things. I can have my driver's license, I can go to public school if I wanted to, or I can go to a new church, but I can only pick two. So I thought about it. I didn't really pray about it because that really wasn't my thing yet. But I gave it a lot of thought and I ended up picking the church and my driver's license instead of homeschooler, which I'm glad I did. It ended up being a pretty good thing in my life. But it blew my mom away and guess what? It made her cry, (laughs) because now I'm going to a different church. So, and my mom crying is kind of a theme in my life. Occasionally, I just break her heart. Um, Although, I will say, just before I came here, she she called me because she needed my advice, and she said, you're the only person I can talk to. So, it's worked out. All right. As a Christian, um, I started to understand more and more about Christ, and more about what he was doing for us, and the reason that it needed to be done, and to realize my own sin as well, because it's easy to understand other people's sin, you can see it, and what I saw in my first church was their sin, right? I saw things that didn't make sense, but just because I saw their sin didn't mean I didn't have any, and just because we all have sin doesn't mean that we're not Christians. Fast forward a bit. I'm working for a coal mine as a purchasing manager, so I just buy stuff all the time. It's making a good living. And I don't know. Just life didn't feel right. And I prayed for a Danish, and the Lord said, quit your job. And I was like, cool. Took a lot longer prayer than just that, but it's a long story. The Danish eventually came. And I quit my job soon after that, sold everything that I had so that I could do it, and then I went to work for Pine Springs Camp. I did not have another job beyond that. I made that summer what I was making every two weeks and had no job to come into after that. And then the Lord called me in the youth ministry. Um, I had met my wife at Pine Springs. I didn't know when I met her that she was going to be my wife, but she was. You guys may have met Ruth. Ruth. And out of that relationship, we now have four kids. And I did six years of youth ministry, and then I came to Somerset, Pennsylvania. And one of the things that God still laid in my heart was that I was still going to work with young people. That I was still going to be here, working in the church in this way. And that made total sense to me. And even when I quit my job and I sold all my stuff, instead of having this lack of peace, not knowing what was going to happen, I felt totally okay with it. I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything, I sold everything. Like, I didn't have land, I didn't have tools, I didn't have nothing, I just was there. And I felt totally at peace, and when I went to Pine Springs Kansas, I loved that summer, it was one of the best summers of my life. And I got a job, I was making like $22,000 a year, which in adult terms is not very much. In fact, to the point that I couldn't afford tires for my car, but I still felt at peace. And my parents supported me, You know, I thought that they were going to be upset at me for taking my perfectly good job and throwing it away so I could go into youth ministry. But as you look back, it's sometimes easier to see your testimony from the other side of your testimony. When I look back now, I see all of the ways that God was maneuvering in my life. When I look back now, I see that God gave me the personality that I have, that it was okay to question not only my personal faith, but the things that were going on around me because... It was okay to recognize that it could be better. And guess what? Now I'm part of the leadership of a church. You know, and I work with you guys and stuff like that. And it's okay if you question my decisions or the way that we do things because as long as you are asking God's will, it's okay to recognize that not everything around you is perfect. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel pain. My dad is working on his third round of cancer. And he had Gillen barre which is a thing where basically his body went numb, couldn't feel it for like a year. Um, we had to move in with him. Uh, I've lost people in my life. I've seen kind of some unfortunate things in my life. Being a Christian doesn't mean that it got perfect for me. It just meant that I understood that Christ was in charge of it all. And as I was able to look back on it, I could see where he had moved in my life, even when in the moment I had no idea what he was doing. I felt lost. When I was uh, in high school, I weighed next to nothing. I was like, I graduated out and went to college at 125 pounds. I was this real skinny dude. And so I got thrown around, people bullied me, stuff like that. And that was all part of me being able to understand later in life certain things. And one of the things I came to understand is the people that were doing messed up things to me had their own stuff going on, right? They were all weaving through their own story and trying to figure themselves out, as we all do. You guys have a story. You have a testimony. You have a way that God is working in your life. Spencer has talked many times about that you guys have a purpose. There's something that God is calling out for you to do and to be a part of. And you may not know what that is now, but I guarantee you later, if you allow Christ to be part of your life, because you can reject it, But you shouldn't. You should allow it to be part of your life. But when you do and you can look back, you'll see what God was doing with the pain and the hard things you're going through now. So I'll share with you my favorite scripture um, out of my favorite um, book of the Bible, which is James. I like James because he calls it out straight uh, just about every time. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the, that you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you, can, you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must ask with no doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Things are going to happen in our lives. We're not going to understand it all. But we should consider it pure joy when we go through trials and when we have changes in our lives because God is speaking into our lives and giving us opportunities to persevere, giving us opportunities to see past the moment that we're in. If you would, pray with me. Lord, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here um, for the last eight years at this point. Lord, I thank you so much for... This group of young people, those that have come before them and those that are coming after, Lord, just allow this space to continue to be a place where they can just fully reach out to you, even if we don't understand exactly what we're doing or how we're doing it. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Amen.
0: Well, hey, welcome back. Hope that that was encouraging for you. It sure was for me. It's great to hear. Again, great to hear people's stories.
2: It is.
1: Yeah. I love that it it kind of makes us start to think about our own stories.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? That's going to be the continuing theme uh, this coming Sunday night. We're going to get to hear from a dear friend of ours.
1: Yeah, this week we're hearing from our friend Ellie Fisher. So you're going to want to be there on Sunday night to hear the way that God has worked in her life.
0: Yeah, very excited about it. Excited that Ellie's willing to share, um, but also excited about things to come. So we've got some other folks your age who are going to come and share and just tell you about what God's been doing in their heart, what God's been doing in their life. Uh, it'll be an encouragement. Hey, we've got some, uh, just some bonus info for you. Last Sunday night, we got out our info packets for the high school retreat and the junior high retreat.
1: Yeah. Deposits are going to be due this Sunday night when you come for both of those trips. So make sure you bring your deposit. And if you have any questions or anything, call Spencer or I, we are ready to answer.
0: That's right. And we always say, Hey, deposit just holds your spot. So if you need more time, Uh, if that's, if it's too much for you, no worries at all. You just got to let us know and we'll hang on to a spot for you anyway. Okay. So we never want money to be the reason why, uh, you aren't signing up or aren't able to join us on a trip. So make sure you let us know if that's, if that's a situation for you, we'd love to step in and, uh, and make sure that you can be with us on that trip. And we started to talk about some summer trips as well.
1: Yeah, we've got the Out West trip, which is going to be awesome. Got some interest for that. We're going to also be doing a Wild Week trip where we live in the woods for about a week. Right. And probably a junior high trip to an amusement park, so... That's right. Keep that on your radar. Which that's okay, so Idlewild
0: fun. is all the amusement park that I'll ever need. But I understand that people <laughs> people think that's lame. Lame, super yeah. lame. <laughs> so I guess we'll go to Kennywood. Maybe we'll go to Hershey. I don't know. Yeah, we'll but either
1: out. way, stay tuned. We're going to be taking a trip to an amusement park, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, sometime end of June. So uh, we're just excited to be having some adventures with you again. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Being
1: outside, being together, doing things, having stories to tell.
0: That's right. Hey, just want to add one more piece of just detailed information to that. As we sign up for those trips, we're going to try to take as many people as we possibly can. There are two exceptions to that. One is our Out West trip. We can only take 12 um and the other is our wild week trip we can only take about 15 at an absolute maximum so those are the two most important ones that if you're interested in make sure you let us know uh and if we have more people than we can take signed up for those trips we'll start to do that by seniority so seniors first then juniors then sophomores then freshmen so we really hope we'll be able to have you along on those trips but i do make do want to let you know that this is the last time we're going to be talking about them Uh, and giving you a chance to sign up for them. So uh, make sure if you're interested that uh, that you get on that list.
1: Yeah, so we will see you next Sunday. We're excited to be with you. We're excited to worship with you, and we're so excited to hear from Ellie. So until then, know that we're praying for you. We love you, and we can't wait to be with you.